Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for a Breaking Bad recap episode. We are into the second season, of course, the third episode, Bit by a Dead Bee. This first aired on the 22nd of March, 2009. It was written by Peter Gould, directed by Terry McDonough. Some guy called Terry with the last name that Ben can't pronounce, apparently. And, uh, yeah, an interesting episode. We get to see some nakedness in this episode and uh, other things. So I'm looking very much forward to talking about this one. My name is Ben, and I might be suffering from some penis withdrawal or schlongus interruptus. And my name's Nick, and uh, the only shooting you're going to do is into a Kleenex. <laughs> I love how the two quotes I had written down here we both used, so um, it's going to make it tricky for me at the end. But, uh, <laughs> we'll go for that. But, um, yeah, bit by a dead bee, Nick. Uh, sort of, obviously, after the, the big old cliffhanger sort of shootout from last week, we're uh, back to a little bit of a, a calmness episode and kind of... I guess, ramifications from what's going on. Naked Brian Cranston, which, uh, I mean, you know, let's be honest, never a, never a bad thing, I guess. Um, we've got some good Hank stuff going on this episode. And uh, I guess Skylar starts to get a little bit moody. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, this is, I, I sound like I'm bagging this episode out. I mean, it's not as great as we've had in the last few weeks, but it's still definitely a decent and good episode. Yeah, well, I think I said at the end of our last episode that I've, I think this is a bit of an underrated one. I think it's quite good. Um, I, I think there's some good elements, and I think it kind of – it was always going to be a bit of a you know a, a down – not a downer, but, you know, it was not going to be as good as last week because last week was kind of phenomenal. Um, but it, it's I think it's a really good episode and one that's kind of, I think, a little bit forgotten. I think people kind of remember the whole Walt with no clothes on thing. Um, but other than that, I think people kind of forget what's going on. But there's just some nice kind of – building of tension here um you know with a few different characters so you know it's i think it's a fun one to watch i think you know i'm i'm, I'm starting to get into this thing of like you know if you were to just randomly chuck one of these episodes on would you would you enjoy this one kind of individually which is a weird thing to say because it's a you know it's an episodic show but i think you would enjoy this one if you just kind of picked it up and chucked it on yeah i can see it like um by all means, yeah, no, I don't think this is a, a bad episode. I, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I sort of, I'll be honest and say I come into this not really know where I'm going to go on the rating thing. But, yeah, I, I like kind of how you sell it and it's, it's got some important stuff and just, I guess, the ramifications and the aftermath of what we've seen. And sometimes, like, I, these are important because it's, I guess, it's so easy in these sort of TV shows to start creating a character and making them into a badass and they're getting away with things and that sort of stuff and never really fully understand their ideas. Like, I... 
I remember our very first episode we did on the Oz Network over a thousand episodes ago, you know, four years ago, we did the movie The Sixth Day. And, you know, it's a great Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, a bit of cheap fun, all that kind of stuff. But I remember commenting in that episode thinking that Arnold Schwarzenegger's literally just had to kill someone for the first time in his life. Like, he's not like a cop or anything. Like, he's just a suburban dad and he's had to kill someone. And then within five minutes, he's seemingly okay with it and he's just going around killing people. Like, I mean, again, it's an action film. You want to see Arnold Schwarzenegger kill people. But, again, it's kind of a bit odd. At least with this, we sort of, you know, have some... I guess, ramifications. Like, you know, this whole series is about kind of this downfall of Walt or kind of, you know, going from where he starts to where he ends up. But, like, you need to, along the way, have sort of, you know, consequences for his actions. And I think kind of the family dynamic. Like, I'm really intrigued to talk about Skylar in the next couple of weeks just because of how she reacts. Like, you and I have constantly sort of almost started this, you know, like, Skylar's not that bad. I'm kind of team Skylar. I'm just going to say it now, I'm still kind of Team Skylar in the next couple of weeks. Like, I kind of understand a lot based on why she's reacting how she is. But And one thing I really like in the next couple of weeks, too, just with the setup, and I'll, I'll maybe defend next week a lot more, is, like, I've always been a Jesse fan, and I just, just the downfall of Jesse's luck, like, it's just, holy crap, this kid can't catch a break. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's and like, a lot more Hank stuff, and we're, we're loving the Hanks. I, I like, I forgot how much I like the Hank investigate storyline. Like, it's... It's it's actually really good. I really enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it is good, and it's a bit of a slow build. So it's, sometimes it does drop out for a little bit, and then you come back to it. And you're like, oh yeah, I forgot how much I actually enjoyed this. Yeah, start the episode, and one thing that I really like about the beginning of this episode is just kind of the the, the cinematography, the camera work here, just the the shots we have of Walt and Jesse walking through the desert, and just kind of the. The, the, the far shots from them kind of overhead and just kind of the way it works. Like, I know obviously this came many years before Better Call Saul, but like, I'm sure you remember in the most recent season of Better Call Saul, at least when we're recording this, the, the penultimate season, there was that great episode when Saul sort of gets stuck out in the desert and it's just, you know, that episode was just such a great episode. And, you know, I'm assuming that takes inspiration from something like the opening of this. But um, even just the opening here of kind of one of those nice POV shots where they're digging on obviously like a piece of glass for the camera, but like it's just them bearing a gun it looks great um they obviously make their way to a a road and we kind of see that uh walt and jesse have hatched a little plan here walt gets picked up by the friendly neighborhood uh mexicans um just gone for a ride (laughs) um and i do like how the i mean yeah as you said this is kind of like the thing that everyone remembers this episode for it's naked walt so we're at uh this uh supermarket the door won't close there's a shoe stuck in the door and basically this uh, shopkeeper walks around and we find Naked Walt uh, just before the opening credits. And this is kind of a, I guess, a ruse. This is, you know, his explanation of why he's been missing for a few days. He's had some sort of episode where he's basically ended up in the middle of nowhere. Skylar and Walt Jr. come along and uh, see him and sort of hearing this story about, you know, like, oh, I don't remember anything. I kind of remember coming home. But that's about it. Um, Skylar rings Marie. And then kind of it connects back to uh, Hank's recovery from last week with the shootout. So Marie's waiting for Hank, essentially. So Marie and Skylar are apparently buddies again now. That that was all pretty much sorted. Um, and then we get Hank giving his account of how he ended up killing Tuco. Very cop-esque. You know, I proceeded to uh, take, you know, like I, I love that speak that they have, cop speak. Um, you know, as, as somebody who works in the media, whenever you interview a police officer or you go to a press conference, it's just, it's just cop speak. You know, I love the way they have to explain things. Um, and maybe I'll just cap it here. The fact that, uh, we've got Jesse and Badger, uh, watching out Jesse's house. Essentially the cops are scoping it. 
because uh, 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 Hank mentions about how, you know, they're still trying to find Jesse and what his connection is because they found his car. And Jesse and Badger go in, clear out the place, uh, clear out all the beakers and everything. Uh, Badger and Jesse have made up, by the way, uh, which I actually do like the line here because I was thinking, like, wait a minute, like, you know, what was that? How many episodes ago when he got kicked out in the middle of the desert? But we do kind of get that line here where they say, like, you know, dude, we're cool and all. Um, and basically desperate Jesse here is saying, like, come on, you know, stop with this bullshit. Hurry up. We meet uh, Badger's cousin, who's basically towing the RV and is going to keep it safe, and he's uh, going to charge Jesse basically a thousand bucks. He can only pay him five hundred, and this is kind of the start of Jesse's, I guess, money tr- troubles and kind of him struggling and some bad luck happening with him. So, uh, a few things there that I've gone over with, um, but yeah, I mean, it's as I've said a lot of the times in these episodes. Again, it's just it's conversation. There's not much music. It's kind of like it's it's very you're still watching this. You're still very much like it's it's not boring. Like you're like you actually are very much uh, captivated by what you're watching on the screen. Yeah, I, I think um, th- there's a lot going on in these first few scenes, and obviously, I think that that one of you know Walt naked in the in the convenience store is kind of one I already mentioned is. is um, quite memorable, I suppose. It's one that people kind of remember. I, you know, I don't think it's going to be a top five when we get to the end of our um, of the season, but um, it is one that people kind of remember when you think back on things from season two. I think it is one of those things that you do remember. Um, and I, 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 just as a, a visual, you know, not so much about Walt's ass, but you know, like just in general, I think that kind of visual of this guy. That, you know, he's decided they've obviously had this plan, which they've talked about off screen. Of he's going to pretend that he's, you know, he's out to it basically. And um, and and you know, have this kind of memory loss thing. And, What's and wrong with that's his ass, gonna... Nick? Well, there's nothing. There's absolutely nothing wrong with his ass. Um, but Would you rank his real... ass up there with Christian and Sean's from next time? <laughs> Maybe we should do that. Just do do yeah. the ranking. Yeah, Put them all together. Them, yeah, need them <laughs> side by side so that I can and like a, and just an apricot chucked in the middle there just to check and paying attention. Um, but yeah, I I think it's um, it, it's a good way to start. I like the kind of acting that he does. Like when I say acting, I mean that that Walt acts when he's in the hospital bed. You know, of like pretending he doesn't know what's happened because this is obviously part of his plan um and i think this is and one of those things i keep talking about about walt's a great liar um and you know like he's um putting on a good performance for his family here and you know his doctors there and he's talking about what he remembers and what he doesn't remember which i think is is really good um the Skylar Marie stuff's interesting because obviously um, there is some stuff coming up in some future episodes about the whole um, stealing, you know, like that hasn't gone away completely. But um, yeah, it is funny how it kind of, and I guess it's probably true to life, right? Like, you know, you might be having a disagreement with a family member, but when, you know, some kind of real world shit happens that, you know, you will, you will end up kind of, um, you know, like putting that stuff aside to deal with the with the problem in and of the moment there, um, and yeah, and I do really like enjoy that stuff around. Um, you know, Jesse kind of um, finding a, a solution for what to do with the with the cooking equipment, and you know, and I do like this kind of Badger's cousin guy who comes up in mm. a few episodes um, throughout this this season. I think he's he's quite a fun little minor character to kind of come back to, um, and yeah, I think this whole idea of, of you know this gear being stored in an rv somewhere off site is actually quite you know it gives us some interesting stuff to chew on in the next few episodes which um yeah i, I really enjoy it i think it's i think it's all been done pretty well so look here uh the one of hank's bosses the guy with a mustache i thought he was 
someone that I'd seen in things, but just looking at his filmography, not quite. He just looks like someone, maybe. But uh, he yeah, played I think black he's haired got, man he... in the X Files. So there you go. I think he's um, got just that kind of very familiar kind of police boss, military man type look, hasn't he? Like it's um, yeah. it's a pretty kind of common look. Um, so yeah, kind of looks like that's feel... all he stars in when you look at his filmography. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Know. Yeah, yeah. Kind of you know just a standardized role that basically you get there. Um, so we've then got uh, Walt again in hospital, reliving uh, sort of moments. We've got uh, our, our doctor friend and random other lady doctor. And basically, uh, you know, they basically blame the pills. Uh, could it be the pills? Could it be this? And, like, the doctors have no clue, clearly, what's happening, because obviously this didn't really happen. Uh, and is this where they basically tell him that, uh, yeah, you're, you're probably not going to be out of here for a while. You need to speak to yeah. a psychologist. Um, but, yeah, like, it's a good point you make. Like, I like... Brian Cranston's got a good way of acting like he's acting, like the acting mm. that he's acting to sell this story. Like, it's kind of... It's it's done in a clever way, I think. You, you believe that he's acting and pretending to tell a story like it's like, it's like in, in, inception acting isn't it like it's yeah a, it's an act within an act exactly exactly so he's got a very way a good way of doing it one of my favorite scenes in this entire episode i love this um the way this is edited when uh jesse gets raided essentially here um so we i should have mentioned earlier when he leaves badger that he basically tells him to like ring from a payphone and you don't know what's happening and you know badger's kind of like oh you're sure about this and obviously this goes back to your point as when jesse and walt have had this uh plan that we we see off camera you know they've kind of done this to cover their tracks but just the way this is edited i love kind of like jesse laying back on the bed we've got the return of wendy uh and like you know clearly jesse knows what's about to happen and just how it's just like dead silence and you kind of get that absolute silence and then all of a sudden you get like the bang of the door and everybody just raiding the place like it's so well shot like it's such a cool little moment um like it's got some great editing in this episode and just some great you know the the visuals that we're seeing but um also you gotta love you know wendy not giving some windy wendy's uh getting (laughs) choked up on the thing and hank then's uh jesse pinkman i presume um i just i just love you talk about like acting like Props to Aaron Paul here for kind of like acting like, you know, just the way he's here with Hank in the interrogation room. Mm. Like, I love how he's doing like the hand banging on the table and just, um, you know, just the way he's reacting to the questions here. So Hank's basically saying that we found his car. <laughs> I just love how Jesse's, I don't know, what does he even say? He's like, oh, yo, respect DEA or something. Like <laughs> give him like a, a high five. But uh, he's basically claiming that he's been partying for two days, eating Funyuns and, um, Oh, what's Hot the other pockets. thing? Hot pockets. Hot pockets and funions. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had funions in, in the States. I've seen them. But, like, um, I don't think I've... I've had Hot Pockets before. Um, are they just... Are funions just kind of like a onion-flavoured kind of, like, corn snack I think type it's, thing? Yeah, it's, it's kind of, yeah, like... Um, do you have burger rings in New Zealand? Yes, yeah. Yes, yeah, I think it's kind of like that, but they're onion-flavoured. Like, yeah, we used to have... We used to have something, like, called... I can't remember what they were called, but... Um, my mate used to always have them every day at high school and I used to steal them off them. Um, yeah, they were called onion something. I can't remember. So I assume probably a similar type of thing. Yeah. From what I've seen, I'm pretty sure they're like that and they have like, you know, different flavors and, um, all that kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah. So Hank basically interrogating Jess. Jesse's sick into this story. Uh, and then Hank pulls out this bag of, uh, what is it, 67000 bucks. basically, they found in the back <laughs> of uh, Jesse's car. So I- I'm guessing this is meant to be a thing where Jesse's forgotten that he's put that money in his car because, like, um, 
you know, he's sort of obviously sticking to a story here, but we're going to kind of get this happening in the rest of this episode next week that his money gets taken away. So, you know, he's screwed. Um, but I love Hank here, you know, like, oh, this, this gets new softball jerseys. We've been, you know, needing that, which is that what the cops do when they recover like drug money? They just use it for like their own personal use. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of weird. I eh? like, um, it's kind of going back to the stuff around, um, you know him taking photos of, with with dead bodies last week. Yeah. It kind of feels feels a little bit out there. I, I mean, I can I can believe probably that maybe the DEA are, are kind of a dickheads like this. I can, I can kind of imagine that because of the kind of the, the crime they're dealing with. You know, they're not community cops. They are dealing with some pretty nasty shit. So you, yeah. you can imagine them being a bit like this. But um, yeah, it does kind of feel. I, I'm I, you know I'm assuming that that's a joke. You know, but uh, uh, you know that, that Hank's making. But yeah, it is still kind of getting into that thing about DEA agents being being pretty dickish, to be fair. I'm sure there is, like, I mean, when cops... Because, I mean, that would be a real thing in real life, that cops recover stolen money and stuff like that, that, you know, or just money from drugs. Like, I mean, maybe just goes to charity or something like that, or I, I don't know. Like, I've yeah. never dealt drugs before. So I, when I do, I will uh, answer that question, perhaps. Uh, Hank and Gomez now interrogate Wendy... Um, you know, talks about Wendy's again, and that's when isn't that when Wendy's like, I know you, you're that one who's trying yeah. to have me have sex with the uh, the football player. And well, it's funny like, because what? it kind of it kind of starts a little bit where she she's like, she's not answering his questions, and she's like, I know you, and it's like this kind of awkward thing of like, you you know, like kind of Gomez almost looks at him like. Oh my god! Like, has he been involved with this chick? Like, just yeah. for like half a second. It is. Yeah, it's quite a, just a funny little moment. Yeah. Which, um, and then she basically sticks to this story. She wants a root beer uh, that, you know, uh, Jesse was with her the whole time and she sort of leaks that he did leave the room, but then all of a sudden she's like, nope, he never left the room. Um, I do I do like this. Like, again, I love the Hank Investigate story, but we've almost got a very standard, like, um, you know, cop show of the week scene here when he gets the root beer out and he stares out the window and Comey's like, you know, oh, um, you know, what happened there? It doesn't matter. I've got something here. I need to just get to the bottom of it. Like, it's coming like, like, I'm not going to sleep until the killer's in jail, see? Um, like, yeah. I do like that. Um, Walt's getting interrogated by this psychologist or psychiatrist. We keep getting this, which I, 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 I haven't read into it, but you've got the book, I don't know, like him staring at this painting where we've kind of got like a family seeing off a soldier or something to the, the boat back in like the first fleet days or something like that. So I'm assuming this is meant to be some sort of, uh, I guess, connection to Walt being free from his family and going off on a journey and kind of, you know, going off to save them or be free from his family. But it's kind of a visual element that we see a couple of times in this episode. Um, but, yeah, do you have an answer to that or is it something that uh, is just open to interpretation? Um, not particularly. I mean, I wonder if the, if the painting is some famous painting or, yeah, not famous, but like one that maybe we should know. Um, but, but yeah, it's it's not something that I immediately have an answer to. Um, well, I am seeing here on, on Breaking Bad uh, Wiki, Painting Walter glances at while overhearing Skyler's question and later focused on his sessions. He's found later in season five in gliding. Okay, that doesn't really answer it. Uh, oh, oh, Walter claims to see the painting for The picture is a symbol of Walt's life and possibly a flash forward of him leaving his family. Uh, paintings are romanticized when sailors in real life had a secret free life and of adventure away from family. So... There you go. Makes thank, sense. Thank you, yeah. Breaking Bad yeah. Wiki. For, yeah, just, just, as a, just as an aside, like it just reminds me of like this news thing I read recently. This is nothing to do with Breaking Bad, but um, 
this guy who goes to like thrift stores in America and he gets like paintings that are a bit like that that nobody wants and and um and paints Star Wars characters into them or like a Star <laughs> Wars scene into them. It's really cool. Maybe we need like a, a Breaking Bad scene to be painted into that. Like maybe just needs like put an RV on the back of one of the boats or something like that. How are your painting skills, Nick? Or maybe just some blue smoke coming out of the boat. True. Yeah. Um. I I could paint some stick figures but um <laughs> yeah that, no that's that's about, that's about as far as i'd go to there's um i do like this scene kind of when walt's talking to the psych- psychiatrist because like you you almost think he's about to admit what he's doing because he's kind of like you know like patient <clears throat> doctor comment is like how seriously do you swear by this oath you know and you're kind of like oh is he like is he going to open up here like what's happening um but basically walt's just like there was no episode i just couldn't stand being away from my family i needed a couple of days away um, and I love that sort of speech he gives here to the psychiatrist when it's sort of like, you know, what is, what does psychiatrist ask? Like, why do you feel this way or something like that? And he's just basically like, you know, my wife's seven months pregnant. I've got a son with cerebral palsy. I'm way overqualified for my job. All my friends, you know, like, can you not see why? And, you know, what does he say? Like, I've got probably 18 months to live. Like, can you not see maybe why, like, I need a moment out? I just want to quickly point something out because I like that. I like kind of that speech and everything. But the one thing that I'm questioning here, did we not get something from Skylar last season that she was like eight or nine months pregnant? Like, I feel like the timeline of that just changed. Or am I just making that up? (laughs) Oh look, I couldn't I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, um, but yeah, it might be a continuity error there, which you you kind of wouldn't put past. I mean, you, we've talked about the timeline on the show a little bit, and um, it it does feel like it kind of at times it feels like things happen really quickly, like you know you know three or four episodes are happening over the space of almost twenty four hours, and then other other times it feels like you can't really get a gauge on how quick or slow time is pa- passing out. So yeah, it, it is a little bit of a tricky one. Um, yeah, I, one of the things I've also started to notice with this is that you know we're getting a lot of like you know Walt's obviously keeping these secrets and um, you know there's a lot of times when he's like has some kind of line like we get here it's like right I'm going to tell you the truth and you think he's about to drop some big truth you know because this whole thing he's like is this covered by patient you know confidentiality type thing and you think he's about to tell this guy the truth and then he comes out with this other story and that seems to be a pretty common thing that they're doing of like Walt's about to reveal something and then he doesn't um, and yeah I think I think what's quite interesting is like when we start to get into the, the Skylar stuff and the season is that um you know, I think that they have to find more and more elaborate ways to explain some of Walt's behaviours. Um, and so we, I think we kind of get to the point where we, we're having to do a lot of, you think Walt's about to reveal stuff to Skylar and then he's not. So I think this is just something that seems to be quite a common trick that they keep using. Um, and it's probably not something you'd notice watching week to week, but as a binge, I think you do kind of pick up on that. It is something that they tend to fall back on a little bit. So I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just something I've noticed, that's all. That's a good point. And again, to reference a show that it seems to be the most referenced show in this that we've never talked about much before we've done Breaking Bad, Dexter. I mean, it was kind of always a thing too in that. Like, it was like, oh, he's going to get caught. Like, someone's going to find out. Like, oh, no, not this week. Um, but yeah, when we get to the Skylar stuff, like, yeah, we talked a lot about, I think, well, I, I've mentioned a few times, like how recently it seems that Skylar's just almost just going along with this. Oh, well, he's just disappeared for a while. But now, like, it's finally catching up to her. And again, well, I'm jumping ahead. We'll get to that in a moment. But um, yeah, I mean, I... I, I just think, like, again, not to nitpick. Well, I guess I'm nitpicking, but would a psychiatrist just literally just go, okay, well, he didn't really have an episode. We'll release him tomorrow. Aren't there then further mental 
issues that he needs to explore with yeah, that. Like, yeah. it's just yeah. like, oh, well. Like, if he had to tell the truth, yeah, I'm cooking meth. Um, oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Move on. He's free to go. Like, I feel like there's but, something more here. <laughs> yeah, and then the other part of me thinks, you know, knowing health systems, not particularly well, but knowing them from what I do, especially American health systems, it's like, would they really keep this guy in if he wasn't, like, an obvious harm to himself or to others, mm. which I, I don't think he is. Like, I think this guy would be like booted out as quickly as possible. <laughs> yeah. Like it's kind of, and again, like it's always a way that he's got his own private room. He's not waiting out in the emergency room for like 18 hours to get seen, um, you know, and kind of sharing a bed. Uh, if, if doctor shows were realistic people. Um, so we've then got Jesse. So uh, Hank's, got uh, our, our man, Mr. Salamanca in the wheelchairs back, uh, which Again, like I, I've seen this episode, you know, how many times I've watched it over the years, but even I sort of forget this, and all of a sudden, I'm all of a sudden going like, uh-oh, he's in trouble. Um, so, T.O., and I think this is when we discover for the first time his name is Hector, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, uh, so, I love this whole sequence again when it's just basically like, you know, Jesse's like, this is crazy. This guy doesn't even know what planet he's on. Oh, okay. Are we on the planet Mars? Are we on the planet Saturn? Are we on the planet Earth? Ding. Um, so, like, here we are. Like, uh-oh, Jesse's in trouble. Um, and then, basically, um, Gomi essentially asks him, like, have you seen this man before? Was this man with you over the last few days? And you think he's going to ding it, but nope. Uh, Hank basically asks him, is he, is he with him? You know, are you scared of this guy? And then it basically leads to him shitting himself all over the floor. So, um, again, I mean, again, you mentioned it. We mentioned it, the underrated humour. Like, I mean, this is a funny scene, even though, like, it's a tense yeah. scene. Uh, nothing beats a good fart joke, especially a shit joke, right? Well, I think that's what's good about the show. I mean, I was watching some of the extra features on the DVD this week, and you now they're talking about that. <clears throat> excuse me. That there's a lot of <coughs> – excuse me again – Wow, um, this must be this must be a really important point. Yeah, <laughs> but um, there's lots of humour kind of diced in just when you need it on the show. That you know, like just when you think it's getting too serious, there is some kind of some humour kind of mixed into this, mm-hmm. and that's really really important. And I think these guys, you know, they're never they're never above a fart joke or a shit joke or whatever. But it always seems to work. And we've got these kind of key characters who kind of bring us that humor, which is really, really fun and really, really important on the show. And, you know, Hank's kind of the main ones. We're going to get another one coming up with um, with Saul, who's going to give us some good lines. Um, but, yeah, I think it's such an important part of the show. And I think it's a really underrated part of the show as well. Got also kind of badger when he's the few appearances, like uh, he's Willy Wonka stuff before and going on the magical chocolate river or whatever it was that he was talking about earlier. Yeah, um, yeah. But I like sort of this sequence afterwards with the interrogation when kind of um, Gomez is sort of just telling to Hank about how, like, you know, like, he's, you know, these old school guys, you know, they don't trust the DEA and it's kind of like, well, it was worth a shot. Um, which, again, please refresh my memory. Like, does this ever get explained why he doesn't rat Jesse out? Because is this just like a revenge thing that they're sort of wanting to do from memory? Or is it just, again, it just comes to the fact that he doesn't want to help the DEA because he doesn't trust Yeah, I th- I've always just taken it as that he's, you know, he's really against helping helping the cops, helping the authority. That's not his style. Um, you know, and I think that kind of gets a, a bit more explained when we get into a bit more backstory with him in later seasons and then even more so in, in um, Better Call Saul. So I think that's all it is. It's just he just doesn't want to be a part of, of helping the, the, the police. Jesse's fashion, can I just point out too, is he's really going into the skulls recently. He's got lots of skull and crossbones on his shirt at the moment. Um, we see him calling up his dad. I always think about Jesse's fashion. Yeah, I'm just going to say with Jesse's fashion is like, um, you know, like, um, you know, the start of this episode has him kind of crawling through the, 
um, the desert and things like that. And I think he's always got this hoodie on that's looked like really, really warm. Like, I don't know, maybe you just become acclimatized to it. Like, you know, you guys in Aussie, whenever I go over and I'm in Queensland, I'm always amazed at these kind of people that are like wearing long sleeve things because I'm so used to the cold. But um, yeah, I just like he always just looks like he should be way like he's way overdressed for the for the conditions. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It's, um, I mean, God, when I lived in Queensland, yeah, like just the stuff people would wear when I'm like basically naked because I'm so hot. Um, but it's, it's, I mean, I'm sure you get in New Zealand too. Like I see it in Tasmania. Like you definitely pinpoint the mainlander. It's like 11 degrees and I'm basically in shorts and t-shirt and they're like wrapped up in ski gear, ski yeah. gear, freezing their yeah. tits off. And I'm like, oh, you're definitely from the mainland, aren't you? Um, but so yeah, Jesse's ringing up his dad to see if he can get picked up. And uh, basically, this is this is really the start of the... Jesse's have a shit bunch of bad luck coming his way storyline, isn't it? Um, which yeah. I, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it because, like, again, I always forget how bad I feel for Jesse. And, like, maybe this comes from a part where, like, I've always liked the Jesse character and I definitely do sympathise with him because I feel in the next couple of episodes that, like, he's just bearing a whole shit puddle of stuff and it's kind of like, you know, does he really deserve all this shit happening? You could argue yes. I guess he's sort of brought it on himself. But at the same time, it's like, well, you know, Walt isn't necessarily getting this whole... Like, it's, it's, it's again, deals with the ramifications of what they've been doing, I guess, and, you know, Jesse's got more of a past, so I guess it's finally catching up on him. But um, I feel bad for him. I know I'm jumping at here. Probably more of a next week conversation, but... Um, oh, I yeah, I think... Uh, you know, I think that he's he's the kind of guy that gets gets caught up in things way more than he probably should. Um, and you know, like Jesse is a character that is you know we'll kind of discover more and more as the show goes on. As you know, generally speaking, as a good-hearted guy that you know um, gets into things way over his head, and and um, you know he he basically gets um, gets used and abused by other people because of that. You know, so meant to have that pity for him so um i think if you're feeling that the show's doing something right yeah i don't know if it's just a case of like i i connect with him on some levels where it's kind of like not that i'm like a bloody you know meth dealer and all this sort of stuff and i'm getting windies from a wendy down the road but it's just yeah it's, it's kind of like that good-hearted nature and then kind of he always means well and yeah i don't know like it's just there's something about jesse that i've always just connected with and i like so um yeah, it'll be interesting as we go along to see, uh, yeah, sort of you mentioned that you were never maybe the mass biggest Jesse fan, but um, just to kind of see how that goes along. Um, Walt gets a phone call from Jesse, speaking of which, and kind of we're just sort of hearing that this, you know, the plan and everything, and Jesse talks about how, you know, he's uh, Hank sort of grilled him and everything, and uh, is this where he basically says like you know give it a couple of days, I'll contact you or something like that. But um, yeah, one, one thing with Walt and like again. You, you know, by the end of this entire series, like, Walt's basically the villain and you, it's very hard to sympathise with Walt. Like, that's the point of his character. But there are definitely elements to Walt that are starting to show where it is hard to sympathise with him. It's like, you know, again, like, I get why he's doing this sort of stuff. But even here when he's just grilling Jesse and Jesse's kind of like, like I'm fine, thanks for asking. And basically Walt's just only caring about himself. Like, it's again, that's the point. I get it. But it's just like, it's you, there are definitely glimmers here where it is hard to fully sympathise with Walt. Like, it's getting to his head and everything like that. Well, I think both these characters are self-pitying in certain ways. I think just, like, I think you just sympathise more as the show goes on with Jesse and his plight. And, you know, Walt just becomes this kind of pathetic character. You get sick of him complaining about things. Um, so, yeah, I think 
um, you're already seeing the seeds of, of Walt and you know that it's all about him and, and how Jesse's done him wrong and when Jesse has bad luck that's his problem but when Walt has bad luck the two of them have to sort it out together so um, yeah I think it's it's kind of just building that thing as well and I think the other thing too is that the season really builds this kind of um, relationship that Jesse kind of sees that sees Walt as a bit of a, a father figure at this point in the show, you know, and so you know, he just called his dad, and that hasn't gone well, and so his next phone call is to his his other father figure, which is which is Walt. So yeah, it, it kind of it, it kind of feels like a we're kind of building that kind of fatherly son type relationship between these two, and it's um it's not a particularly healthy relationship. I really like this next scene when Walt's uh, sort of laying back down and he's sort of counting the money in his head and then he realises, like, shit, the money. Like, you know, he's just left it in the uh, the nappy box, essentially. So he rushes home and sort of sees the gun and then tapes the gun in there and puts all the money in that. And kind of he's just got this little moment where he can kind of witness his family. And it's kind of... It's almost foreshadowing, I feel, to some stuff we get in the later seasons when it's, you know, without spoiling, kind of like, you know, Walt's not necessarily around his family. So it's kind of... I don't know. It's like an interesting moment. Like, I mean, it's, I guess we all sort of have these moments where we think about like, how are people reacting or what are people doing when we're not there? And if we had that opportunity where they assume we're not there and they can kind of just, you know, act a certain <laughs> way. So, um, yeah. And then we kind of get this nice little sort of almost a montage, I guess we're kind of waltz on the bus on the way home, sneaks back into the hospital. He's at the bus shelter. He sees his missing photo, um, kind of gets back into bed. He's got to put his own little uh, IV thing back in his arm. Um, and, yeah, this song, Wait Around to Die. Uh, I actually really like this song. It's like it's, a, it's you know, we talked about the music in this show uh, sort of never being sort of, you know, like, you know, top 40 pop culture songs. But, I mean, when a, when a show uses a song well that isn't not, like, it just, it just fits. So this is Waiting Around to Die by the Be Good Tenures. Uh, so, uh, yeah, just, it just fits the moment. And I, I don't know, I just like this whole little sequence when he sneaks back to the hospital. Yeah, I think it's something I'm going to have to see if we can um, find a few more, um, you know, kind of tidbits or a bit of a documentary on how music was chosen because it feels like the stuff is so obscure it must have come from Vince Gilligan's personal collection. But I wonder if they just had somebody whose job it was to try and find these obscure... You know, we don't want to use pop songs, we don't want to use famous songs we we actually want to use something that's you know that's different and and might become known for this rather than you know being being something that's on a million different tv shows and it always seems to work i, I really like that um i find i find that scene of him putting the drip back in his hand like incredibly disturbing i don't really know why i mean it's pretty gross but um it's it particularly gross but i do love this idea of him kind of like breaking into his own home i think it's it's mm. really quite a clever thing to do on on the show um that you know he's having to be so stealthy he's breaking into his own home um and you know that kind of moment where he's kind of you know like the lights come on and he kind of rushes past and hits the baby mobile on his way past and makes a sound and you know it almost gives himself away i thought you know i just I, I really like all of it i think it's really cool um i do wonder if he actually did have to put that drip back in his, his arm or if he could just call the nurses and say oh, i accidentally ripped it out like was there a need to do that himself i don't know <laughs> it's and it's pretty gross it's very dead. Like, I mean, I get it. Like, people sleep, but there's generally a fair few people around a hospital still at certain amount, amount around a time. Like, there are, you know, twenty four seven people that are there. They have to be there. Certain people have to get medications or woken up at certain times or checks and things like that. So, uh, obviously, not the Albuquerque hospital. It's, um, you know, very, very quiet. 
Um, Hank's going over the uh, the video footage again of the uh, the guys uh, of Walt and Jesse stealing the the, the chemicals, uh, the drugs, the, the what is it, methylene. Um, and then we sort of we Hank goes over the the blue meth that they found that it's as you know the purest they've ever found since the last time they found the really pure stuff. Um, Gomi's basically like, oh, you know, you, you, oh, this, and this is the other scene where it's kind of like very cop show of the week. Like he's got the board, he's got the pins and that sort of stuff. Like, damn it. It's right under my, it's right under my nose. I just, oh, see, I've got to get to the bottom of this. Um, which again, like it doesn't really fit a breaking bad, but again, I just like Hank investigates. Like it's, yeah. you know, you, you, you don't think of, I mean, breaking bad isn't a cop show, but like you can still have these elements of kind of, you know, mystery and things like that in it. And it feels realistic um and then basically hank comes out and they're throwing a big old surprise party for him uh because you know he's shot and killed someone <laughs> and I, I like it where they've got the cake and they're like got the gutter about right and they're like hey and then you see that he gets given a present um which we're gonna obviously see very very soon uh but yeah i might just sort of i'll, I'll leave the last scene to last but um yeah, again, Hank investigates. Actually, no, sorry, the not the last scene, the 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 last last scene. Uh, actually, no, I'll cap it in here. Hank shows up to the hospital to see Walt and Walt Jr. and he shows off that this present that he got is basically Tuco's grill. <laughs> Which, why wouldn't you get Tuco's grill uh, in some sort of uh, formaldehyde or whatever the hell it is? So it's a sick present, but it's kind of funny. Yeah, it is. It is kind of weird. Like, I think. I think probably this is just like some of the stuff with Hank. I'm gonna. I'm gonna assume and and hope that basically, um, this is just from some good research and like this is just how these guys act. And you can imagine that like behind the scenes, this is, yeah, it's quite kind of like buddy cop type stuff. Like, (laughs) I can kind of imagine like this being the kind of culture that maybe goes on, and without casting too many aspersions on people and things like that. But you know, like I think it's probably a a high pressure workplace. So I imagine kind of, you, you know, like they might act in ways that you don't expect, like you know, encasing a victim's grill and some glass or whatever it is, you know, it seems like a weird thing to do. Um, but yeah, I, I love the cake. It's like, I, I, I just like, I imagine them going to like, you know, the cake shop and being like, can you do like a slightly fat guy with a gun? Like, it's, <laughs> but I just take a photo of him. Like it's, and it's kind of like a weird cake too. It kind of looks like, um, I don't know. I'm assuming it's supposed to be like somebody who like made it from home as opposed to something they got professionally made, if, if you know what I mean, without being too mean to whoever made the cake. But anyway, I'm, I'm on, a, on a pretty wild tangent here about cake making and fat people. And so what are you anyway, trying to say, I'm Nick? Gonna stop. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> it's just he has a very weird body shape. When they say you got the gut right, that's the only bit they got right. Yeah. Like yeah. everything else is just like this kind of like wavy character. It's quite weird. I don't know why this scene reminds me of... Um- uh, I don't know how much you are familiar with Happy Gilmore, but when Happy Gilmore brings Chubbs, the uh, the, the crocodile in the box, <laughs> yeah. like I kind of just feel like it's one of those sick things that it's like it's you, you know what they're doing with it. You kind of think they mean well, but it's sort of it's just like, you know, I'm just expecting Hank to like go, ah, and fall out the window <laughs> and then shoot him a Gavin. Well done. You just killed a DEA legend. <laughs> yeah. The world um, needs more shoot him a Gavin. Oh, God. Do you follow him on Twitter, Shooter McGavin's account? Like, it's hilarious. Well, apparently he did because I think he's on, um, what's it called, Cameo? Um, yeah. And um, I think, like, the the Chiefs, which is the local rugby team here in, in Hamilton, they got they paid for a Cameo for their, like, awards night, and he kind of was yeah. just, like, basically, like, 
um, like throwing insults at all the players. Like he doesn't know them at all. He's just been given a name and he's just like taking the piss out of all of them. It's pretty good. <laughs> they did because um, it was what Happy Gilmore's twenty uh, fifth anniversary. Was that earlier this year or was that last year? And they basically yeah, like he posted some clip on there, like because I think Adam Sandler said something about it. So then the guy who plays Shooter McGavin did a similar things like, "I'll still see you on the uh, the eighteenth hole at uh, nine o'clock or whatever it is." But um, it's weird. Like we talked about the cameos, we could get a Dylan Walsh interview technically here for like one minute. Like we just need to get Dylan Walsh going. Like, hey, listen, you know, because I think Dylan Walsh isn't that expensive <laughs> on cameo, Nick. So we should probably chip in for that. But um, I know they they did that in Hobart because yeah, the, uh, yeah. the the ice rink in Hobart is basically. Up for sale, and they're um, you know trying to find somebody to buy it. Then we might be without ice sports in Tasmania. So somebody paid for a cameo from Nancy Kerrigan, basically to say like, "Hey, this is Nancy Kerrigan. Save the rink in Hobart," and you know made news like Nancy Kerrigan supports like Olympic legend. And it's like, well, they didn't pay for it. Um, but does that count? <laughs> like, I don't know. Well, I think I think um, you know, like we'll, we'll get our um, our masses of um, of. Um, Patreons to, to pay for that one, I think. <laughs> yeah, the $3 we make a month might, um, <laughs> you know. There you go. Sign up to our Patreon and we'll waste it on pointless cameos. <laughs> I think Floyd Mayweather's the most expensive one there. I think he's like $10,000 or something like that for Floyd. Like, wow. I think I think we worked this out that Boston Rob was more expensive than Denise Richards, which, I mean, you know, say what you will about Denise Richards, but I mean, I would much rather a cameo from Denise Richards. Um, yeah. So uh, we, we were going to chip in and get Colin for his birthday uh, thing of uh, Denise Richards going, Colin, in the way she says, James, in the world is not enough. But um, <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't quite work. Um, the final scene, basically, so Walt comes home. He, he's, he's glad to be home and Skylar's a bit weird. Um, this is kind of the first of Skylar is a bit weird. I do, I do love Walt's little joke here when he gets naked and puts his hat on. Like, it's gonna go down Seven Eleven. Do, do you want anything? Uh, big gulp, uh, you know, <laughs> funyuns. <laughs> it is kind of funny, but then we get the closing scene when kind of you know Walt sort of apologizes and sort of you know sorry if this is happening, and then we get the Skylar question of you know do you have a second cell phone? And Walt sort of flat out denies it. Then you get the sort of awkward moment where Skylar doesn't even give him a kiss goodnight and rolls over and. Uh, we've all been in relationships. We know this isn't a good thing. Um, but I just, I don't know. Like, it's, I, I'm kind of team Skylar here. Like, I, I know I meant to be team Walt, but like, you know, uh, yeah, I just don't know. I just, I kind of really feel for Skylar here because she's really, it's all starting to catch up with her now. So, and next week's going to be more about that. But I mean, it's, it's, it's not the biggest cliffhanger we're ever going to see in Breaking Bad, I guess, but it's still a nice little tension thing where all of a sudden Walt's realising that his lies are starting to catch up with his family. He's thinking, this is easy. Like, I'm just going to make some, you know, cool, hard cash to support my family. But, uh-oh, it's uh, kind of pushing them away a little bit. So, um, yeah. I, and, I, like, a simple editing technique, Nick, that I like, when somebody turns a light off and it fades to black and that's the end of the episode. I don't know why I like that. It's simple, it's pointless, but I like it. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I, I think this is a really good. Yeah, cliffhanger is probably not quite the right word, but kind of tension builder for the next episode. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I do really like it. I, yeah, and I love that little scene of him too, like taking the robe off and putting the hat on. Um, I think that that's that's good. And yeah, I mean, I, I personally, I don't think we are supposed to side with Walt over Skylar. I think I think we're supposed to. I think what people don't like about the kind of Skylar storyline that we're about to get into is that I think they probably see it as kind of slowing the plot down. 
like maybe not explicitly. I think people just go, I don't like Skylar, she's a bitch. But I think what probably is annoying them is that she's a bit of a handbrake on on Walt and what he's doing, which slows the plot down, which kind of can be a bit frustrating. But, um, you know, I think... I, I think probably now we're looking at it with um, a bit of distance from the show. I mean, I don't know how you can't not feel for Skylar. Like, you know, she's got, just gone through this guy, been missing for three days and putting posters up everywhere and not knowing what's happened to him. And then she finds out about the second cell phone. Like, she's got to have a million questions going through her head. And if you don't kind of um, sympathize with her at least a little bit, then I, I, I kind of question why, you know, like you, you, could, you do have to feel for her. You don't have to completely take her side, but you have to feel that she's got some legitimate gripes here that should be discussed. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, and, and you know, like we talked a little bit, of, you know, at the start of the episode, how Walt does this really good acting performance when he's in the hospital and, and here that kind of facade completely falls away when she starts talking about that phone because he's not expecting it. She just kind of drops this bomb. It's not like, I need to talk to you about something it's just like do you have a second cell phone you know like it's just kind of dropped out of nowhere and he kind of just doesn't know what to make of it um so yeah i think i think it's just it's it's a good capper on an, on an episode i think um the one thing too i just um like just it's not an important point but it's interesting that we don't we still don't have full walt heisenberg look yet he's still mm. although we've got the bald head we're still rocking the mustache and i think in these moments where he's kind of getting caught out you still see that kind of innocent walt face of like oh my god you know like i think once we get the full kind of goatee going on i think we've got full heisenberg going on it's kind of a just to, to steal a um a phrase that gets used in the show later on it's a bit of a half measure in terms of the heisenberg look at the moment and we'll go full measure and a little bit down the road which I, I, I gelled over a, a key line earlier from the Walt and Jesse um, phone call when Walt mentions about Yahweh in contact because we're cooking and the way Jesse's kind of like, what, are you kidding me? And then Walt's like, what's changed, Jesse? Like, it's kind of the one thing that I always forget too in rewatching this and it's kind of like, you know, we talked a little bit about it after Crazy 8 died. It's kind of, it's finding that next, like, how are they going to find someone to distribute this? So obviously Tuco came along. So now you're kind of like, okay, well, this has happened to him again. So, like, how are they going to do it? And so, like, that line when Walt's just basically like, well, what's changed? Um, like, you know, like, that makes me think. Like, and again, I know what happens, but it's like, yeah, like, how are they going to get through this? Like, it's one thing I think about the rewatchability of this show is that no matter how many times you've seen it, you still, I think, almost shocked and, and feel with it. Like you, you're right. And like, you know, I can think of several shows where you, you do feel that way, but then there are definitely shows like you and I joked about friends last week or the week before. And I mean, you know, if I had to say what, you know, one or two TV shows that I've watched the most in my life, friends would be one of them. Like it's up there with third watch that I've probably seen it the most in my entire life. Um, but like, the thing with Friends, though, is like it's not really like a chronological thing like Breaking Bad, but you always, you know, you kind of you laugh at the jokes, you move along. But like with this one, like I feel it's almost that shock value still sits with you sometimes. Like it's 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 odd because again, I know what's happening, I know how they're going to get through this, but at the time right now, you're like, wow, it's so helpless. How are they going to do something like right now? Yeah, and I think you know, like the show starts to move at breakneck pace once we kind of get into you know season three season four season five and you don't always have these moments to kind of just stop down and, and take a breath and and look at where the plot's going at the moment and we're still getting those moments and you know like i think as the show goes on i'm going to enjoy the episodes that are crazy you know <laughs> more but i still like these opportunities to kind of just stop down and watch these characters kind of you know the the complexity of their situation just starting to snowball it's it's quite fun to, to look at that stuff as well and it's also like just with the Skylar thing too, like you do make a good point. And I guess maybe maybe I'm overselling the Skylar hate that, you know, nobody ever sympathizes with Skylar. Like that's maybe I'm overselling that. But 
and, and look, trust me, there's there's some stuff. That's oh coming no, people this. hated it. So there are there are flat out people here that will like just be like, shut up, Skylar. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I remember it like. I remember watching this myself at the time and hating Skylar and, you know, like mm. a pretty, pretty quickly once I kind of get into the show, I was like, oh, yeah, like that was just a, like a gut reaction that the producers wanted me to have. And then I moved yeah. through it and on we go. But, you know, like a, the, the, that hate for that character during this time of the show was, was legendary. Like, I mean, it was just one of those things that everybody who watched it at the time. And then there was like this wave of people like you and me, I think that were doing a kind of, you know, a binge catch up as, as the show started to really take off and in, in season four three you know three four um you know i think there was just kind of like this building kind of hate of skylar and and um yeah i mean i, I would be lying if i said that i wasn't I, I didn't have those feelings when i watched this but i was certainly not part of any kind of online you know like it, I, but I, I definitely know it was there i think yeah i said it again i never i never got it uh, I mean, there will be a storyline to come, which, you know, uh, maybe based on recent experiences, opinions will change quite drastically. But um, it's kind of like, you know, when we're doing 24 at the moment, like when we're talking a lot about the Kim character and it's kind of, you know, I, I, I will defend Kim on certain levels, but I cannot defend Kim on so many levels because the hate is real and there's a reason why. But that's that's a writer's thing. It's got nothing to do with Alicia Cuthbert. They just go over the top with how ridiculous they treat her and just the, the issues she gets into. Whereas with Skylar, like... Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting how, like, you know, I've always seen that there was this backlash and I heard your opinion. So, yeah, I was kind of questioning here at this point because I think also, like, going back to what I was saying about Jesse, if you can relate to someone, you know, you're obviously going to think about them differently. Going back to the relationship thing where I say, like, like we've all been in a relationship, whether it be a man or a woman, if somebody kind of refuses to kiss you and just ro- rolls over, I'm not saying that's purely a female thing, that's a male thing too. Like, you, you know, something's going on. But, like... I'm sure a lot of us have been in situations where you do feel like your partner is hiding something from you and you can relate to that, the frustration when even if they're looking you in the eye and telling you something and yet all of a sudden you're thinking to yourself, well, hang on, I still don't believe you. Like, like it's, 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 it's that level again of, of, of relatability that some people might never have been in that situation. Oh, Skylar's just being a nag, like, you know, get over it. You know, again, that's a valid interpretation if you've never experienced certain things. Mine might be different to you. Like, and, and I mean, that's the complexity of a television show like this. You're going to feel certain things for these characters. You know, they're not such a, a 2D character. They're a 4D character with so many layers that, you know, this podcast here, we're saying this right now, uh, you know, Breaking Bad, etc. are going to be saying something completely different. You know, I hate Skylar podcast. I don't know. So, um, yeah. I mean, if there is an I hate Skylar podcast, uh, I'd, I'd be keen to listen uh, just to see. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and and I think to me, I think it's just a mark of a good a good show, a well written, well acted show, is that you have that it produces these visceral reactions. But I would think that you know, like as the show goes on, if you still hate Skylar, then I, th- I think that's unfair on the character. Um, and you know, like I think it's just a bit of a gut reaction. As I said, I think it's largely because people feel it slows the plot down. But you can't deny that you know. She, she has a right to have these feelings I think whether or not she is um, expressing them in a way that you like or that you agree with is a different story altogether but I think to, to have these these feelings of, of frustration and hurt because you know she knows she's been lied to I, th- I think that that's that's a fair thing to feel topical question really quickly do you feel that if this was the other way around if, if Breaking Bad was about a female and this was a husband being this way do you think it would be the same like I'm, I'm, I'm just a legitimate question. I don't, I don't have an opinion either way. I just, I would find it interesting if people feel this way because she is a female character, or if it's just the character in general. 
Yeah, I don't think it would be like that different. I think, um, look, I think probably the gender politics is that if there was a woman disappearing out of the house for long periods of time, that would seem more, and she had a family, that would seem more unusual and therefore raise more suspicions. And therefore, I think you would probably feel more sympathetic to her male partner um, who was at home not knowing what's going on. So I think, I think, Overall, it probably wouldn't be hugely different, but I think it would be naive of us to think that there wouldn't be any difference. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, just as a question I was thinking there, you know, just anyway. Uh, so before we get to ratings and everything, I'm just reading here um, the episode title because I was actually really intrigued about this episode title that uh, it refers to a quote from the film To Have and Have Not from 1944. Stung by a dead bee, i.e. potential harm, comes after the offending person is dead or deed done. And the bit for Tuco's dental grill. Um, so uh, that was interesting. Uh, says also here in the trivia, this episode marks the beginning of Jesse and Hank's tumultuous relationship. Cool. Um, when the IV is inserted, the needle is removed and only a plastic catheter remains. Walt would not have a needle left in his hand and would therefore be unable to re-establish IV access without new equipment. Okay. Uh, I, I'm going back to my point where I questioned the seven-month pregnancy thing. I'm assuming that if that was a, a continuity thing, I would be reading about it now. Like, I mean, uh, yeah. Breaking yeah. Bad, Wiki, and when we've done Lost Week, like, they're pretty full on the ball yep. when it comes to things. So, um, also I didn't notice this, that in the opening, the naked, naked wall is standing next to a bunch of pink teddy bears hanging from the wall. Um, didn't, didn't realize that. Um, and in real life, the dental grill in loose sight prop. So not, uh, her mouth, her whatever I called it before, uh, loose sight, uh, sold an auction for $20,250. Wow. Uh, so you could own that prop. Now you and I talked recently about visiting TV show sets, um, something you and I both enjoy. I'm telling you now, if I had money, I would buy lots of TV and movie props. I am one yeah. of those people. Like Cable, you know, in our Survivor Oz days, famously told the story how he paid like, I think like a couple of thousand bucks for a torch from Survivor Caramoan and then another couple of thousand to get it shipped out. Um, but like, I was fully jealous. Like I would totally buy props. Like I have an NYPD jacket stylized basically because of the third watching. It wasn't from the show, but I have it. One of my most prized possessions, probably the only thing that I have outside of like survivor buffs that are signed or things like that is I have a script, the third watch pilot script, which I bought online, which is signed by the entire cast. Um, and like that to me, I'm going to get framed one day and, you know, display like that to me is one of my most prized possessions. But like I would, I mean, God, if I'm just money and that was up for auction, hell yeah, I'd buy it. Wouldn't you buy that? $20,000, not bad. Cool little prop. Yeah, totally, yeah. And I think, um, I'm trying to think, I don't think I've got anything particularly like that. Um, I've got, you know, um, very famous footballers having signed things, but um, but I don't think any kind of movie props of any kind like that. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think... You know, like there is a reason that you know museum exhibitions with props, and you know, like there's a whole Harry Potter exhibition where you can go through the sets, and you know, like um, I remember recently that we had a, a tour come through Hamilton, and it was kind of movie costumes. It was literally mm. just the costumes. It was like the Jack Sparrow costume that Johnny Depp had worn, and you know, people would pay to go and see that, and and 
you know, I think people just have a, a, a genuine interest in not necessarily, oh, this famous person's worn it, but more, oh, this is, you know, like, this is what a, what a prop actually looks like, you know, and it's been used on a show. And yeah, so yeah, totally. I mean, would I spend 20 grand um, <laughs> on on this grill? Um, I don't know if I like Tuco enough of a character to maybe do that. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, um, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't put it out of the question if I had lots of money. I was in Denver and they had the Star Wars costume exhibition, which in all seriousness was 70% Padme costumes because she goes through that many changes. But <laughs> yeah. like I got to see in person the Padme white torn thing from Attack of the Clones, the, you know, all of those <laughs> co- like in per- like Natalie Portman was in that and it was behind glass, but still it was there. Um, so yeah, pretty cool. I, I'm, I'm into that sort of stuff too. Uh, what are we doing with this episode Nick, I'm going to let you go first. Um, well, I, I mean, it's interesting that you said that you were kind of on the fence about it. I mean, I've always enjoyed this episode, and I think there's enough in it um, for, to give it a buy. I mean, it's not a really, really strong buy for me. Um, when I kind of look through, this is episode 10, so we've officially got a top 10 now. Well, not really, I guess, because we need to put an 11th in to have a top 10. I don't know. But anyway, um, <laughs> I've got this at 6th, so I've got this. Um, this is um, just a couple behind... Um, grilled and it's um, it's it's sitting just above 737 which was the um, the first episode of the season um, I think it's just a nice little kind of follow up I think often when you have a big episode like we've just had with grilled I think often um, following that up with another entertaining episode is difficult um, and I think that there's lots of plot stuff that gets driven forwards here which makes it an interesting watch um, I don't think it's one that you could you know, just skip over. I think there is enough here that you want to watch. And a couple of kind of memorable, if not scenes, memorable images, I guess, of, you know, obviously the grill itself, but obviously Walt with no clothes on um, as, a, as a memorable image when you kind of think, when you look at the image bank of, of things from, from Breaking Bad, I think both of those would probably feature, maybe not highly, but I still think they would feature. So for me, it's a buy. It's not the most um, amazing episode of all time, but um, it's still a very, very good episode. Well, I think for the first time we are going to have a discrepancy. Uh, we've all been on the same page, but I, I didn't think I got quite turned around. And I, it's a very high rent for me. I think that um, I don't know. Like I, I, I do like this episode. It's, it's. I don't hate it, but I, I just, I don't. Outside of you know Brian Cranston's very nice ass, um, I just don't know if there's like something big enough to sell this for me as a buy. Like I, again, I just don't dislike anything, but it's just not popping in my head. Um, I feel having watched these back to back with next week and maybe we're going to differ on these. Like I, I feel I got more out of next week's than, than this week's weirdly. Um, and maybe that's just, again, it's a, a sympathy thing I'm having for Jesse. So I, I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, so to me, it's a very high rent. I've got this at ninth. Uh, so I've got this ahead of the only other rent that I've done, which is cancer man. Uh, so uh, yeah, but um, I don't know. Just, it just, at the end of the day, there's not something outstanding to make this a buy for me. And I've maybe, you know, I'm, I'm a, being a bit crude. I don't know, but there you go. Um, yeah. What's the yeah, IMDb got, rating on this one, Nick? Um, the IMDb rating is, I think, 8.4 um, or 8.3. Is that um, our lowest? Um, no, I don't think so. I think um, Cancer Man was lower. Right. So it's, uh, it's an 8.4. Um, so I think if I if you jump back to Cancer Man, I'm pretty sure that was an 8.3. So, um, yeah, I think it's you know they're kind of around the same area which yeah i think it's probably pretty fair i think this is 8.4 is what gray matter got um it feels like in about that same 
space to me. Um, and, you know, I think one of the things I have to keep bringing myself back to is that, you know, like other TV shows, I've only reviewed one other TV show um, for the Oz Network, but, you know, there are a lot of bins um, that, you know, like we were talking about what's the difference between a rent and a bin a lot. And um, we've come nowhere close to that. We're talking about does this, does, is this good enough to be a buy or is it a very high rent is kind of yeah. the thing, the thing that we've been um, slicing up so far. And that's a pretty good place to be really, you know, um, this is still, this is still really good, even if it doesn't reach the height of some of the other episodes we've seen so far. Yeah, no, very good point. Um, it's very interesting actually on the two sites. I look at the overall rank and like, this is one of those few shows where I can probably pull up 10 different websites with where they rank it. But <laughs> yeah. I, I generally go to Vulture and, and the ringer, uh, basically, both put it at exactly the same spot. Uh, Vulture puts it at the 39th best episode of all time and The Ringer at the 40th best episode of all time. So, uh, interesting, uh, The Ringer only has this one spot lower than uh, the pilot for this, uh, the pilot, the opening episode of this season. Um, so, yeah. So, I, they're, I, kind I, of a, they're kind of around, like, the bottom of the... Like, if you were to break it into thirds, look, just mm. kind of like what this is, it's like they're at the top of the bottom third or the bottom of the middle third, you know, which kind of feels yeah. to me like kind of what we're both saying. I think we've we've just seen slightly different versions of, of there's slightly different things we like. And I think, you know, one of us has gravitated, gravitated towards a buy and one's a rent. But I think we're still largely saying the same thing, I think. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that leads us to next week down and like... Even does give a bit of a teaser here, just looking at the rankings on Vulture and the Ringer. They have down a lot lower than this episode. I'm talking nearly 20 spots for both of them. Um, and yet I might go into next week liking next week more than this week, which is, yeah, strange. But, uh, I mean, it's it's another sort of almost like, it's just a basically a whole episode almost and just the ramifications and, and sort of the dealings that Jesse and Walter having to do. And there's an amazing scene, uh, which I really, I mean, there's actually a couple of really amazing scenes, but like there's one scene which I, I might slightly say possibly top five worthy maybe, um, but kind of this Jesse-Walt relationship kind of really does come to a, a head. Um, but, yeah, a lot of... Skylar moping uh, and a lot of Jesse kind of getting a shit storm of bad luck, which, again, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know how you feel about down, Nick, but uh, I feel like I, I don't know if I'm going to be higher than you. Maybe I'm underselling your opinion on next week. Well, I think um, the thing about next week is that it's not a particularly um, Walt-heavy episode. It's quite Jesse-heavy and it's quite Skylar-heavy. And so I think probably um, if you're here because you want to see what Walt's doing, you probably don't love this episode as much as some of the others. Um, but, you know, as we've talked about, you know, like your, your opinion of Jesse will vary depending on the different kind of person you are. But I think if you like Jesse, you probably quite like this episode because it does a lot of setup um, for where he kind of goes and, you know, this, this whole scene season really um so so i think that's probably the difference um whether or not you love this episode yes well we'll find that out next week um in the meantime feel free to uh listen to everything that happens at the end here to like us follow us and of course our patreon as well and if you do like our tv recaps uh you can listen to our 24 recaps happening about the same time and our other episodes as well uh, happening each week theoznetwork.net the easiest way to find everything there till next week my name is Ben and holy Christ you're Willy Wonka and my name's Nick and uh, I don't know any taco thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts Spotify Stitcher Google Podcasts or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider 
And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. (laughs)